We continue our off-season episodes with another player feature as we break down Kings defenseman Sean Dersey. That and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you like what you're hearing. And we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Coming up on today's episode, we're going to continue our countdown to the 2023 NHL Draft, which gets underway exactly one week from today. We've got a special draft feature looking at a Kings recent draft pick. We'll tell you all about Kings prospect Alex LaFerriere. We also have another edition of Name That King in relation to the Hall of Fame announcement for uh, the NHL earlier today. But first, we continue our individual player profiles from Kings players from the roster from this past season and players that are going to be on the roster, we think, going forward. For you everydayers, you know, we've looked at Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe, Kevin Fiala, Drew Doughty, Phoenix Copley, Vladislav Gavrikov, Gabe Velarde, Philip Deneau, Victor Arvidsson, Alex Iafalo, and Mikey Anderson so far. If you missed any of those episodes, please go back and check them out. And to be honest, it's been mostly praise for those key players for the LA Kings. Now it's time to focus a bit more on the non-core members of the team, the complementary players, so to speak. And today, we look at one of the more controversial players for the LA Kings as we break down defenseman Sean Dersey. Now, Dersey was originally drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs in the second round of the 2018 draft. He was acquired, though, by the Kings in a trade with Montreal, with uh, Toronto uh, on draft day. He never played a second in the Leafs organization and Dersey was uh, sent along with Carl Grundstrom and a first-round pick in 2019 that became defenseman Tobias Bjornfoot to the LA Kings in exchange for Kings defenseman Sean Dersey. Frankly, a great trade for the LA Kings. Dersey played parts of three seasons with the Ontario Reign before joining the Kings in the 2021-22 season and playing in 64 games. The 24-year-old just wrapped up his second full season in the NHL with the Kings playing primarily on the third pairing, but also seeing time running the Kings' second power play unit. In 72 games this past season, he had nine goals and 38 points, both improvements from his rookie year. The nine goals were tied with Drew Doughty for the most goals scored from a defenseman, and his 38 points were second to Doughty on the team for the Blue Liners. Let us hear from Sean Dersey, sort of, uh, as far as what he had to say in the team's exit interview the day after the season ended following the first round playoff loss to the Oilers, I'll be paraphrasing the questions and answers just to make things a little bit more smoother. Um, if you want to hear the entire exit interview for yourself, very easy to do. Just go to YouTube, search Sean Dersey exit interview. It'll be the first thing that pops up. Uh, you'll see that Dersey is sitting at a table along with fellow defenseman Mikey Anderson, who he shared his exit interview with. 
Um, some of the bigger name players uh, do it all by themselves, and some of the other players will have a teammate join them. That was the case with Sean Dursey. Uh, we talked about Mikey Anderson and his exit interview, what he had to say on Monday's show. If you missed it, check that out. But thanks to the LA Kings YouTube channel for making all of these exit interviews uh, available for us to listen to and watch. Uh, Sean Dursey's first question, and there weren't many questions asked of him, just three. Uh, but the first question was asked about the disappointment of losing in the first round of the playoffs for a second straight year. Uh, he called it heartbreaking, especially when you believe in your group and you have faith that you have the right guys and the right stuff to get the job done. But he said that they have to learn and move on. Jersey was asked about the positives to possibly take away from the season and the playoffs. He said that you have to figure out what to take away and learn from it and move forward and that they had already started to do that and process that one day after the season had ended. The final question for Sean Dursey was about the things he had to do this past season and in the different roles he was asked to play and what he learned from it. And I thought he had a very thoughtful answer. And he said this to have a long career in the NHL, you have to be coachable and adaptable to play in any situation or circumstance. Having that ability to switch and be comfortable is another tool in the toolbox. Playing the left side was a good opportunity to contribute more and help the team. Um, he also said he was grateful for the opportunity to be adaptable. He said that he admitted that he did struggle at times. He said that it was not the easiest situation, but that he was proud that he accepted the challenge and did the best he could. Uh, he said he's not making any excuses, and he said that he had learned a lot. I thought that answer to the last question was pretty impressive. Um, I, he's still a young guy, um, but I thought he was very sincere. Some guys in these interviews, they just kind of say what they think you want to hear. Um, but I thought he was really being very honest uh, about this past season. And I really get the feeling Sean Dursey is a guy who really cares a lot about his team and his teammates. And he's one of those guys who is really sincere about putting the team first and his personal goals or his personal stats kind of second. I, I think he's really legitimate when he says that kind of thing. Now, Sean Dursey is a talented offensive defenseman, but he still has room to grow. Uh, he's a good skater got a good shot, good hands. I think he's a decent passer. Um, he isn't afraid to be physical when called to do so. Not that that's really a huge part of his game, but it's not something he necessarily shies away from either. Um, he has shown the willingness to even drop the gloves if necessary to stick up for a teammate, which I think goes along with his commitment to being a good teammate. Um, he, I think he's a good competitor, and I think sometimes maybe he tries a bit too hard um, but that is a good quality to have, that he does have a, a passion and a desire to do well. Um, probably his best quality, as he mentioned in his last answer to that question, is his versatility. Now, he can play on the left or the right side defensively. Uh, he is a pretty good quarterback on the power play, has some creativity and skill in getting into areas to be able to get his shot off from the point. That said, the issues with Sean Dursey are mostly between his ears. Now, to be clear, I'm not suggesting that he's not a smart guy. I think he is a smart guy. But I think at times his decision-making, you have to say, has been questionable. Now, he's made some big mistakes in key moments and on occasion literally cost the Kings a, a, Kings a chance to win a game, uh, most notably the Vegas game from last season certainly stands out where he committed a terrible turnover late in the game that led directly to the Vegas Golden Knights scoring a goal, and then they eventually went on to win that game. Um, now, I think Dursey has learned sometimes at uh, his own expense 
that sometimes the easy play or the obvious play is the right play. You don't have to make an impact play every time you touch the puck. It's great to want to make something happen. It's great to want to do something positive to help the team. But sometimes you have to learn to fight for another shift. Uh, Sometimes you just dump the puck in so you can get a line change when needed. Sometimes basic things are the right things to do. And I think sometimes, like I said, I think he tries a little bit too hard sometimes. Feels like he has to make some sort of a major play every time he has the puck on his net or on his stick. And sometimes he just overthinks it. Um, sometimes just holding onto the puck is the right thing to do. You don't have to pass it in a certain amount of time. Uh, it was interesting on that play against Vegas. If you remember, he held it for like 10 seconds behind his own net. And then it was almost like he said, well, I've got to do something with it. And so I'll just pass it up the middle, have it intercepted and turn into a goal. No, hold onto the puck as long as you have to until you need to make a decision or there's an obvious play to be made. I I like to quote the legendary UCLA basketball coach, John Wooden, because he had a a quote that I liked where he said, be quick, but don't hurry. I think sometimes Sean Dursey hurries too much. Now playing in the NHL is very difficult. You have to make split second decisions. And sometimes the only way you can learn that those decisions are right and wrong is by making mistakes. Unfortunately for Sean Dursey, some of his mistakes have been really in the spotlight because they've been in key moments in key situations. And it seems like when he does make a big mistake, it turns into a goal. Um, so he has, I think, in his own words, learned a lot from this past season. And hopefully we see a more experienced Sean Dursey going forward for the LA Kings, making better decisions in key moments going forward. If, in fact, he is still a member of the LA Kings. Now, I think eventually Sean Dursey, who I think is still growing, can become a good second-pairing defenseman. I think he could turn into a guy who runs your number one power play unit. But will that be with the Kings? Probably not. Now, Jersey's name has come up a lot in trade rumors, and for obvious reasons. It's not because he's not any good. It's because he does have trade value. And he is a player that I think other teams would be interested in because of his age, because of his versatility, because of his offensive upside. I I think that he can, like I said, he can quarterback a power play and he's got room to get better. He's not a finished product at this point. Now for the Kings, as you probably well know, there is depth on the right side defensively. You've got Brant Clark, you've got Jordan Spence, and that makes Dursey likely expendable. Dursey is signed for this coming season. He's going to make 1.7 million. He's going to be a restricted free agent with arbitration rights after next season. And basically because of his versatility, there is a chance the Kings might want to hold on to him because he can play on the left or the right side. Maybe you play him on the left side and you have Brant Clark or Jordan Spence on the right side. But do you really want two offensive defensemen on the same pairing? It's not typically what you see, right? Um, You see Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty together. It's an offensive guy paired with a defensive guy. Uh, I, I think because of that, uh, you, do you really want two players kind of playing the same style on the same pairing? It makes more sense to me to have a Brant Clark or Jordan Spence teamed up with a guy like a Tobias Bjornfoot, for example. Now, you could put Sean Dursey on the other side, and it wouldn't be, I guess, the worst thing in the world, but it's just not something you see typically because you only have one puck, right? You've got two good offensive defensemen uh, it's, I'm not saying you're wasting them by playing them together, but it's just not something you see very often. It doesn't make a ton of sense. So I don't know that that's what the Kings will be looking to do. Um, again, 
this is not necessarily a criticism of Sean Dursey. I think he's a good player. Whether he'll turn into a great player or not remains to be seen. Again, there's still room for him to grow, and he does have some skills. But I think, again, other teams value him, and we've got players like him already that maybe, frankly, can do his role better in the not-too-distant future. So I will not be surprised if Sean Dursey isn't a member of the LA Kings once the puck drops on next season. As a matter of fact, I'll go so far as to say I will be surprised if he is on the team when the season starts next season. I, I think he's too obvious of a trade piece at this point. And again, I think other teams will be interested and there's just, there's other players that can take his place. So again, it's not necessarily, you know, saying that Sean Dursey can't play at the NHL level and not be a very good player. But at this point, there are other options and the Kings need to make room for other players that again, could likely do it better than Sean Dursey and are frankly a little bit cheaper at this point as well. And they can still get something back for a Sean Dursey at this point, because I think his value is there. So what do you think? Uh, let me know. We've got a Friday feedback show coming up. You can post your comments on the YouTube, YouTube episodes or send an email as well. As well. Uh, do you think Sean Dursey should be on the Kings next season, or is there just too many better options to go out and get other pieces the Kings need by including Sean Dursey in some sort of a trade? Uh, up next, we will look at Kings prospect Alex Laferriere. That's next on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. But this episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by FanDuel. Make your way to FanDuel right now with new uh, customers getting a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 with that no-sweat first bet. Again, $2,500 back in a bonus bet. If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel has great promotions every day. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And when you win, you get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet on all the sports action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. We are one week away from the 2023 NHL draft. Now, the Kings do not have a first-round pick, so unless they make a trade between now and then to get back into the first round, uh, day one of the draft won't be too eventful for Kings fans. But the Kings do have second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth-round picks, and currently no seventh-round pick. Uh, we are going to have an NHL draft special preview Coming up with a special interview on next week's show. Looking forward to that. And we have a request in to talk to LA Kings longtime director of amateur scouting, Mark Giannetti, sometime after the draft to have him join us and talk about the specifics of the players that the Kings will select in this year's draft. But that's for another time. Uh, again, LA Kings draft feature coming up uh, next week's show. Uh, but we do have a feature today where we want to take a look at a recent LA Kings draft pick. And today we're going to look at Ford Alexi Lafreniere as the Kings development camp is just two weeks away from today. As for Lafreniere, he's a right winger selected in the third round of the 2020 NHL draft with the 83rd overall pick. Since then, he completed two years at Harvard University and signed a three-year entry-level contract in April that runs through the 2024-25 season with an average annual value of $875,000. Now, Lafreniere 
um, or Laferriere, excuse me, uh, played four games with the Ontario Reign last season, and the 21-year-old New Jersey native saw some time on the Reign's top line. In his final college season, he had 21 goals and 42 points in 34 games. He led Harvard, one of college hockey's top programs, in goal scoring. He also was third on the team in assists with 21. Uh, he increased his production by seven goals and 11 points from his freshman year and finished his college career with 35 goals and 73 points in 69 career games. Because uh, LaFerriere went to college, uh, he is ahead of the curve in some ways than prospects that are taken out of junior hockey. He's actually older than Quentin Byfield, for example, but his experience in college should mean a shorter time to be re NHL ready um, and perhaps only need a year or two at the AHL level. Uh, even though he will have less professional experience than some other players, he is kind of ahead of the curve in some respects as well because of his age and because he did play a high level of college hockey. He's six foot one, 180 pounds. Uh, he does have some uh, offensive upside in his skill um, and not surprising because he attended Harvard, maybe cliched, but they do say that uh, Alex Laferriere has a very high hockey IQ uh, and he still obviously has to prove it at the professional level, but a couple of really good years at the collegiate level. Uh, if you can translate that over into the AHL, he's a guy the Kings may be interested in having at the NHL level here in the not too distant future. Uh, one interesting note on Laferriere uh, is that he did play with the rain last season, as I mentioned, and that did burn the first year of his three-year entry-level contract. Uh, he'll, so he's under contract with the Kings for two more seasons. This was done at Laferriere's request. So he basically has two years to prove it, that he can be an NHL caliber player before he has to renegotiate a contract. And again, that was at his request and the Kings granted that request. Um, so we are uh, expected to see Laferriere at the Kings development camp that I mentioned is coming up in two weeks from today. Also rookie camp coming up after that. Uh, certainly um, expect him to be a little bit more mature than what we saw a year ago. And also just with the knowledge of knowing that he's now a professional and that after the development camp, after the rookie camp, he's not going back to school, uh, but he will be heading to the Ontario Reign uh, after going to training camp with the LA Kings as well. So uh, another step forward for Alex LaFerriere, uh, a guy who has done some impressive things so far at the collegiate level, still has to prove it again at the AHL level before finally getting a chance at the NHL level. Uh, he did score a goal in his brief time with the Ontario Reign, um, but looking forward to seeing what he can do with the LA Kings starting at development camp, moving on to rookie camp, training camp, and then on into the AHL. So Alex LaFerriere, a right winger, uh, who is, uh, again, just going to be in his first year as being a pro, but is a guy that should have a shorter learning curve than some of the other players that uh, have been selected by the LA Kings out of junior hockey. Speaking of the development camp and the rookie camp, I did see a note from the boys over at mayorsmanor.com that the Kings will be participating in the annual NHL rookie faceoff tournament. Now, last year, that tournament you might remember was in San Jose. This year, it's uh, going to be in Las Vegas. I don't know if they have some sort of a rotation where eventually this will be in Los Angeles, but hopefully so. But again, next year, it is going to be in Vegas. Uh, it will start on September 14th, and it includes uh, rookies from the LA Kings, Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche, Arizona Coyotes, 
San Jose Sharks and Anaheim Ducks. Again, that is the NHL Rookie Faceoff Tournament in Las Vegas. Kings are taking part in it, and that will be on September the 14th when they take on other rookie teams from some of the other Western Conference opponents. Hey, we're going to have another edition of Name That King coming up on this episode of Lockdown LA Kings, your team every day. Check out Locked On NHL's 2023 Mock Draft Special. Local hosts from Locked On NHL have made their picks, and our hosts will break down every selection over a three-day mock draft event. It started today with the first 10 picks coming up tomorrow. They'll have part number two and then part three the day after. So highly encourage you to get ready for this year's NHL draft to check out Locked On NHL's Mock Draft draft special available on youtube or your favorite podcast app the hockey hall of fame announced its 2023 draft class earlier today which included three goalies henrik lundquist tom barrasso and mike vernon also going into the hall uh, pierre turgeon former coach ken hitchcock former executive pierre lacroix whose son eric you might remember played for the la kings for a few seasons in the mid-90s as well as female player Caroline Ouellette. Uh, Now, the last player to play for the LA Kings to get inducted in the Hall of Fame was Jerome McGinley. He was part of the class of 2020, and he was our last Name That King player that we featured. Of course, he only played one season with the Kings. It was at the end of his career, Um, but I was a big Jerome McGinley fan, so it was cool to see him play even one season with the LA Kings. But it got me to thinking with the Hall of Fame uh, class being announced today who was the last player to play the majority of his career with the la kings to be inducted into the hockey hall of fame uh let's find out with another edition of name that king now if you're new to this i give you some clues some information about this player's career uh and then hopefully by the end of it you'd have figured out who it is if not then you've learned something today i think this one is pretty easy but then again it's easy if you're a kings fan of a certain age. So here we go. Uh, This former King was born in Palmeral, Quebec, September 8th, 1945. In his rookie year, he was the backup to the legendary Gump Worsley with the Montreal Canadiens. Love that name. Uh, But took over in the playoffs in his rookie year and backstopped the Habs to the Stanley Cup title. He and Worsley split time the next season and they were named co-winners of the Vesna Trophy given out to the league's top netminder. The Habs would go on to win a second Stanley Cup, and the next year, Gump was gone, and this former king took over as the starting goalie in Montreal. However, uh, his time was the number one goalie with the Habs was short-lived. They missed the playoffs the next year, and then he would get replaced by Hall of Famer Ken Dryden, and then ended up being traded to the LA Kings the next season. He was runner-up to the Vezina Trophy with the Kings during the 1974-75 season and after seven seasons in LA this king was then traded to the Red Wings he would finish his career with the Boston Bruins after retiring he would return to LA to serve as the team's general manager from 1984 to 1992 he was the king's GM in 1988 when they made the trade for Wayne Gretzky also served as interim head coach of the Kings on three separate occasions on November 14th 2016 This former King was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. He was the last player who played the majority of his career with the Kings to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. 
His number 30 is hanging from the rafters at Crypto.com Arena. He is currently second in Kings history in wins and shutouts to Jonathan Quick. Name that king. Pretty pretty obvious, I think, uh, but it is Rogantin Vashon, better known as Rogi. Uh, before my time, never saw him play, uh, but no doubt one of the greatest kings of all time. Rogi Vashon, former player, Stanley Cup winner, Hockey Hall of Famer, former Kings GM and interim head coach, and again, one of the greatest Kings in NHL history, Rogi Vashon, our name that King for today. Keeping the goalie theme going, a little bit of an update from yesterday's show when we talked about the goalies out there that could be trade possibilities for the Kings. Uh, more news and more rumors swirling today around Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets as he continues to be the number one target for teams looking for a number one elite goalie. Uh, the latest news has New Jersey as the front runner for Hellebuck, but the Kings are still being mentioned in those reports as a team of interest in the former Vesna Trophy winner. So we'll see if Connor Hellebuck does in fact land in New Jersey. Kings are apparently still in the discussion, but apparently the Devils right now being reported as the front runner for goaltender Connor Hellebuck. So for you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch every day, coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to be joined by friend of the show, Russell Morgan from Hockey Royalty, going to talk about the Kings goalie search and more. Uh, then, of course, on Friday, we do have our weekly fan feedback show. And if you want to send an email for that, the email address is lockedoneddy at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. Get your emails in as soon as possible as I'm going to record the Friday show late Thursday night because I've got stuff going on on Friday. Um, so if you want to get an email in this week, do it as soon as possible. Get it in before uh, Thursday evening, if you could. And of course, you can always leave your comments down below uh, in the comment section on the YouTube episodes. We talked about a lot this week. We did player profiles on Mikey Anderson and Sean Dursey. You can certainly share your thoughts on those two players. We talked about the possible goalies available in trades for the LA Kings this season. Um, I talked about my top five best and worst first round picks in Kings history. If you want to react to that as well. And by the way, I did ask if the Kings in 2008 had selected Drew Doughty and Eric Carlson in the first round, which they had a chance to do so, would that be the greatest tandem of players selected by one team in the first round? And several of you have reached out to remind me, hey, dummy, uh, the Sedin twins. <laughs> yes. Yes, I definitely should have remembered that. That is an obvious one. Two Hall of Famers taken back-to-back -back picks by the same team. That's that's going to be hard to beat. Uh, Henrik and Daniel Sedin got to have to be the answer to who are the top two players ever taken by the same team in the first round. Uh, of course, you can always, again, leave your comments on the YouTube episodes as well. Appreciate those comments, and I do read all of those comments. Hey, we'd love for you to stay interactive with this show uh, while we're not recording shows and that would mean follow us on twitter and instagram we are at locked on la kings i'm eddie garcia thank you as always for listening and watching this episode of locked on la kings part of the locked on podcast network have a great day we'll talk to you tomorrow and as always go kings go